The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to Brutal Nation for the Thursday episode. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one of the only Miss Laura. Say hi, hot stuff. Hello. All right, so today's my day. Get that look. No, it really is. Like, seriously, for real. I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie to you. It's my day. I promise. I'm not just a pretty face. I can actually read sometimes. Sometimes. Occasionally. Occasionally. Hooked on phonics doesn't always work for me, but it does try. It tries like a motherfucker. I get these out of the goddamn way. I can't see you over there. Shit. Any bigger desks? Yes. All right, boys and girls, today I'm going to do Larry Dean Bright, a.k.a. the Bone Crusher. Let's do a little bit of background on Larry. So Larry was born on July 8th of 1996 in California to Stanley and Shirley Bright. Now, I read 1996. I'm like, what is he, like 10? Right. Because I was born in 73, so now I'm feeling really fucking old. I really feel like I should be standing out there yelling at kids to get the fuck off my lawn. Yes. That's how I feel like, you know, while scratching my crotch and, you know. know, Wearing suspenders. Yes. You need to wear suspenders. That is right. And my pants have to be like up Up, below my ribcage. Yes. Like right there. Yes. And then tell stories that don't go anywhere, you know, that make no sense. When I was your age, we used to wear an onion on our neck. And then. (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa. And that's how I met your grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great story, Grandpa. Okay. Mom, he's so easy. You got to put him in the home. And then you'll tell it again every single time you see that. Every time the story about the onion around my neck. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't remember, so it's new to me. So. One more time. (laughs) Shit. So, anywho, the family, they moved out to Morton, Illinois, and his parents got divorced when he was fairly young. So Larry's father was absent for his life until about the time he was about high school age. But then, sadly, he died from cancer. Real short, short yeah. time. And that's fucked up. It kind of almost reminds me, this is going to sound fucked up. I used to tell my son what's called doofus the donkey stories. <laughs> and they all went like this. They went, all right, Jake, you ready? So doofus the donkey went into a bakery. And he looked around, nobody was around. He looked behind the counter, nobody was there. He looked in the back, and nobody was there. And then he turned around and saw him. It was Jacob Troll with a big nose and a flatulence problem. And poor Doofus died from gas poisoning. Oh, my God. And Doofus has been everywhere, by the way. He's been skydiving when he killed, uh, you know, Doofus the donkey. Yeah. Jacob Troll killed him. He's been in the forest. He's been minding his own business in his own room. He gets around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With a big nose and a flatulence problem. Died from gas poisoning. <laughs> so, because his dad checked out, you know, from cancer, um, uh, Larry developed a really close bond with his mom. Uh, literally becoming a true mama's boy. And he would do anything for his mom, right? And in return, though, mom would do anything for him. Understandable. So, you know, it's not, it's not like... Um, it's not like it was one-sided. You right. Know? And matter of fact, this kind of reminds me, and we were talking about this earlier, of Ed Gein. Because yes. everybody thinks that Ed Gein was an act- a serial killer, and he wasn't. He was actually a serial grave robber. Yes. He only killed, I think, one or two women. Which is still said they took some lives, but 
Mostly he robbed graves and made furniture, which is weird as shit. <laughs> but um, so Ed Gein developed what's called the Madonna Horror Complex. Yes. And so for those of you that don't know what it is, it's, it's usually caused by trauma by a female, like your mother, and where you're going to depict women as either a Madonna, so you're perfect, all women are great and perfect, or to the reverse, the whore where all women are worthless and useless. Garbage. Yeah, it's not. A, we, we we all talked about this. It's not a compound in Nevada. I was actually shocked and saddened because I thought this was where you went for Madonna-looking horse. Right. You know, like a prayer, my thoughts can't take me there. Like that one. Yeah. That's good. I know way too yes. many Madonna songs for That's a straight good. guy. It's sad. I actually. love Madonna. I do. I like young Madonna. Yeah. I've seen recent pictures of her, and I'm like, what the fuck? Had the she looks like a Bratz doll. If the Bratz doll had a blowtorch taken to it, maybe. <laughs> Nothing moves anymore. Nothing yeah, on a, the face moves. She's a little fucking rough, man. Jesus. But her boyfriend is like in his 20s. Oh, she's doing Liz Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, because Liz Taylor did the same thing. She was yeah. like, I don't know. I can't remember how old Liz Taylor was. She was like, I don't know, like 800 years old. Right. And her boyfriend was 13 or something. It, it was, was something stupid. Huge, yeah, huge age yeah, gap. Like, we know you while you're with her. You're not with her because you go, mm, I'm going to tap that ass. Yeah. You're like, ooh, dollar sign. I signs. watch granny porn, and I look at fucking Liz Taylor. I go, no, no. I'll get lost in one of those fucking wrinkles, bitch. It's like pre-White Diamonds commercials. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. We're drinking a little bit of whiny poo because I'm a wino. <laughs> so, anyways, as he's growing up, though, right, he has no male role models uh, during his formative years, so all the way through high school and things like that. Um, so, no one really to show him what, what being a man was. And, once again, that's one of those subjective terms because, really, what is it to be a man? You know, but he had no male role model. But his mom's life wasn't easy either. She may have been actually a prostitute at some point. But uh, it was never proven. It was only speculated. She was, however, a very hardworking, kind, single mother who had no idea of what her son was doing. Now, whether she was truly oblivious uh, or thought her son could do no wrong, that's where it gets a little bit debatable. But we'll get into that later on in the show. So in high school, Larry had very few friends. He didn't appear to be very popular by any means. He liked to party, do some drugs, got into a lot of fights, and frequently camped out with his friends to get drunk and get high. Initially a dabbling in marijuana, but quickly turning to our favorite drug, cocaine. cocaine. For those of you that don't know, uh, Laura and I, we've had many discussions about this, because I'm an ex-cokehead and so is she. Yes. And uh, I've got 20 years next month in May. You know, I should know. I should know how long it's been, but I can't. It's almost 20 years. Holy shit. Yeah. We got to do a fucking party. Yeah. That doesn't involve coke. I I think that we should have a party to have some cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) Two decades clean. Let's do some coke. Zero days without cocaine (laughs) use. (laughs) So anyway, this is where he starts his criminal history. When he was 19 years old, he spent two years in prison for vehicle and residential robbery. And he refuses to this day to talk about his time that he had spent there. But his family says whatever happened really changed him forever. Larry's usage of uh, alcohol and coke increased when he got out. 
He did do odd jobs as a construction worker, like a bricklayer and whatever else he could find. So it's not like he had a lot of skills in his wheelhouse. Well, and I think it's probably hard to find a job also. Right. You're just getting out of yeah. prison yeah. and everything like that. We actually found that here. Uh, Tammy and I had talked about that because she had been in prison. Yeah. And when she got out of prison, it was really difficult. Really difficult. Yeah. Nobody sees the person. Yep. They see the convict. Yes. And it's it's pretty fucked up. It is. It's you know, not fair. It really isn't. And here's my kind of side thought on it. And I won't get too far off because we're running late. But um, is that everybody has broken a law on some level. Yes. You know, whether it's something uh, like an infraction like speeding. Right. Or, you know, it could be something like you stole something from a grocery store. Yeah. But the only thing that people ever look at is if you've been in prison. Yes. And it's, it's disturbing, man. It's, I've done a lot of illegal shit. I've just <laughs> never been to prison, so. I've never been to prison. I've been arrested a ton of times. I've never been in prison. I've never even been arrested. No shit. I've gotten lucky. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. I've been arrested more than once. I've not been arrested. So in January of 81, while Larry was 21 and living in Farmington, Larry got into an altercation with, I'm assuming it's his girlfriend, Linda. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It says Linda, another patron at the bar. Yeah. As I should have read ahead. I just read this shit, too. You would think I would be able to retain some things. But no, 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 that's not that's not in my wheelhouse. No, my memory's fucking shot. <laughs> yes, Do you remember your name? I can't if I look at my license, and even then, might be guessing. I just might be guessing. It's a little, little spotty. When police arrived, he refused to cooperate and attempted to leave. Of course, he was apprehended, cuffed, and brought to the Galesburg the Galesbury Jail, um, where he was charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. So the first charge was dismissed. They said, okay, we're not even going to do, you know, disorderly conduct. And Larry was ordered to a one-year conditional discharge for the second. So basically, he keeps his nose clean for a year. You know, he's not a total fucking douche canoe. Yeah. And they're like, dude, this one's gone. You're, you're good to go. You're good. Roll on highway. Roll on along. Right. Alabama country song. <laughs> so during this time, uh, Larry did have two serious relationships. One woman claimed her uh, her son was his, and when this turned out to be totally false, it's absolutely devastated. Yeah, and I can I can understand that. You start thinking that this kid is yours, and you find out, oh, this bitch is lying to me. Yeah, it's gonna rip your fucking heart out, yeah. man. I would think so. That's jacked. So another woman though was beaten by Larry and was transported to the hospital where she actually lost the baby she was carrying. That was his. That was probably his. Probably his. Yeah. Yes. And their names and their exact timeline in, in his story and the relationships is kind of unknown. You know, you save the names to protect the innocent. Right. A little dragnet. Yes. Yes. If you don't know who Dragnet is, you're too young to be listening to this goddamn yeah. show, for fuck's sakes. Look that Earmuffs. shit Earmuffs. God damn. Little whiny poo. <laughs> I like wine. Me too. I'm a wino. Y'all should come to the vineyard with me next week. That would be fun. It'd be a blast, man. Yes. Maybe we can all get naked and run around. Just a suggestion. All right. <laughs> I'm down. He's not right. Talking about getting involved naked. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you, Scott? <laughs> That's why we get along so well. <laughs> In 1993, Larry was living with his fiance, Christy Belleville. In, in the Rolling Meadows Trailer Court in Abington, Illinois. 
I don't know why they can't just call trailer parks trailer parks. There always has to be something like like Vista Manor. Well, and rolling Hills. Rolling Hills Meadows or Rolling Meadows to me sounds like an old folks home. <laughs> No, I would give it that. Yeah, because you're in wheelchairs. You're like, to, yeah. Margaret, I can't get through the meadow. Yeah. I got a daffodil dough stuck in me. Yeah. A daffodil dough? You like that one? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Scott, quit making jokes about all people with dildos. What's wrong with you? Oh, you need Jesus. God damn it. I can't even deal with you right now. Jesus fucking Christ. So, anywho's. So he's he, he's at home, right? And on this was on August 9th, and Larry's watching his girlfriend uh, Christie's seven month old daughter while she's trying to get some sleep. She's a tired lady. She's working, you know, trying to move on up from the east side, you know, yes. from the trailer park. Maybe she gets yes. double wide, trying to get her thing done, right? So the baby starts getting just violently coughing, and unfortunately, she died in the ambulance on her way to the hospital. Aww. So Larry told the officers that he did attempt CPR to save the baby's life. Well, there was a doctor there named Danny Turner, and he was the um, ER physician. And he stated in his report that he was, quote, somewhat suspicious regarding the case. He was concerned that the boyfriend, being bright, um, had possibly seen blood being coughed up. He was also concerned with the fact that the... Uh, child's temperature was only 93 degrees when and it's and the quote says it but it's a she when she arrived yeah it's not like it's got like you know like both junk sets going on once you die you lose your yeah it's like we don't know what gender you are now right we're confused it's dead yes anyways only 93 degrees when she arrived to the hospital so for those of you that don't know the normal body temperature is right around 98.6 98.7 degrees 93 degrees means you've been around for a while. You've been, been dead, dead for a little bit. Yeah. Or you yeah. have severe hypothermia or circulation problems. Yeah. To where. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the other one. But more than likely, you've been dead for a little while. Yeah. This isn't like a this isn't like a first time. Like she just died five minutes ago. Nah. So Detective Thompson reported um, that Larry was scheduled to take a polygraph test. But that Larry didn't appear to his examination and, again, didn't appear when rescheduled. Bright's reason for not appearing is is that he had to work. And upon attempting to reschedule, Bright stated that he decided not to undergo the polygraph examination, which makes sense for two reasons. Number one, they're not admissible in court. Right. And only bad, I think, can come out of this. In this case, yes, In this case, I right would here. agree. Because I polygraphs work by reading body temperature and your your heart rate, right? And that's how it gets its response. So as we start to learn a little bit further down, he's using coke. Yes, your heart rate's already up, way up. You're already fucked. Yes, before you go, before in you there. even go in, yeah. Be, be, you know, as soon as they do the baseline. Because that's what they do is they ask you some questions that they know is true so they can get a baseline. Right. And then they proceed from there. So I can understand not doing it. So anyway, during Larry's interview on August 9th, Thompson noted that he, had, he, he didn't exhibit any physical or verbal signs of any kind of deception. 
The police executed a search warrant to search the trailer for evidence, and this is where it gets fucked up. They walk in. It is fucking disgusting. There's massive amounts of ants and dog poop in a specific area. Now, that would have been enough to involve Child Protective Services if the baby wasn't already dead. So Larry was arrested while protesting that he loved the child and viewed the baby as his own. The pathologist, and her name was Mary Gumble, or Jumble. That's a Jumble. I'm going to say it's Jumble. I'm going to go with Jumble. Oh, you're reading it too? I always read. I, oh, read I didn't know with that. You. Yeah. That's fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering why you were staring off. I was like, okay, maybe she's like, you know. I read it too. That kind of makes more sense. <laughs> Not just. Maybe I am just a pretty face. I'm dumb as fuck. <laughs> Anywho, Mary, Mary Jumble, she performed the autopsy and determined that, and this is another quote, that the death was not the result of shaken baby syndrome as first suspected. Because I think that's what the doctor had thought, like, this is shaken baby. This, right. This hillbilly trailer park living motherfucker right. shook the baby. Right. Uh, and the baby had a, actually had a heart condition, which could have been the cause of death. There was no sign of bruising or other abuse on, on the baby's body. The case was closed, and Larry was released. They're like, hey, we're sorry, trailer park dude. Go to your single wide with your poop and your ants. Have fun. Have fun with that shit. I'm reading here, and it says the 1.5 degree per hour factor varies on body temperature, going back to the body temperature of the baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, depending upon the environment surrounding the body, the size of the corpse, clothing, and other factors. For example, a body in a temperate room will lose heat much more slowly than... One in an icy flowing stream. So that means she definitely was dead for a while. A while. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Which is fucked up. But I can almost understand that, too, because I would think that Larry may have started to panic a little bit. Well, and then he probably thought, shit, they're going to think that I killed this baby. Yeah. Yeah. So I I totally dig it. Why? Yeah. Before he goes, I I tried CPR, and now i got to call the ambulance. Right. Good or bad. That's what I've got to do. Yeah. So, get this. This is the plot thickens. <laughs> 11 days after his girlfriend's baby had died, um, Christy and, uh, and Larry, they got married. So, that's, that's definitely trauma bonding. Oh, totally. Right yes. there. How are we going to fix everything? One of two ways. Have a baby. Or, yeah. Or something drastic like, let's get, get married. Get married, yeah. So you've already got this shit that you're dealing with. We're going to get We're going to add this other big thing to it. Let's add this other big thing. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Well, we're going to tell you. <laughs> they weren't married for very long. On September 16th, less than a month after their wedding day, Christy was granted a restraining order against Larry. Things are not going well. No. There's, there's trouble in paradise, man. Yes. They're not on Fantasy Island anymore. <laughs> Mr. Rourke and Tattoo isn't going to pain, to no. pain. No. He's going to fuck out, to fuck out. Yeah. She told the court that he had been hitting, quote, he has been hitting me and won't leave me alone. So on March 4th of 94, uh, Christy filed for divorce on the grounds of extreme and repeated mental cruelty. Both were listed as unemployed, and their, uh, their marital property consisted of, this is some high-end stuff, y'all ready for this? Number one, a stereo. Two, a fish tank. 
three, a trailer, and a washer and dryer. Rich-ass motherfuckers in their damn fish tanks. <laughs> Tell them what there. they've won. I'll take what's in showcase number one. <laughs> <laughs> stereo kid sounds like it could have been really good, but really, you're going to list the fish? You can't just go, hey... I will take care of the fish, or they're your fish, take the fish. You can have the custody of the fish. Oh, my God. You know, that makes me wonder, because people have fought over custody for dogs and cats. Yeah. I wonder if anybody's ever... I get visiting rights with the fish, okay, every other weekend. That's You're going to put them in the bag, and you're going to bring them over here. That's right. Hi, Nemo. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> so, Larry's address was listed as Peoria. The divorce, however, never went through and was dismissed February 29th of 96. So Christie had to file again in May of 1997, and it was granted this time on June 9th of that same year of 97. I wonder why the first one was dismissed. They I'll just decide. You. I'll bet you if both of them didn't show up because I know like when, oh, okay. when I got divorced from, um, from the midget, and uh, that was uh, the ex-wife before the last one. Um, the rule was one of us had to show up to court. Okay. And she wasn't going to show, which was fine by me. Yeah. So I showed up, and they says, "Do you want to contest?" I said, "No, I filed the son of a bitch here. I want it, it done. Boom, yeah. You're divorced. Congratulations. I went sweet. Yeah. Adios, bitch nachos. I'm out of here. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about, about a little bit about victims. We know a lot of people that like to play the victim. We were having that discussion earlier. Yes. Let's go over some victims. On February 24th of the year 2000, so we're talking Y2K. He had three back surgeries, though. Oh, yeah. We're going to get... Did I skip you that? You skipped whole... that, yes. No way. I did? You did. Divorce? Oh, working in... Oh, holy shit. I'm sorry. This is why I read with you. Thank you. <laughs> I do need a babysitter. Motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're going, Scott. That's a good job. Let's fuck this up really good. So anyway, <laughs> while he's working at one of the construction sites as a construction worker, singing YMCA. Yes, what I think yes. They all do. On the lunch break, they sit there and start singing YMCA by the village people. That would be hilarious. Larry was injured on the job. The injury would require three, count them, three back surgeries and leave him addicted to painkillers in addition to his cocaine and alcohol problems. So he's got a lot going on. He's yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes. But I understand, though. He's trying to numb that pain. Yeah. They're only going to give you so many pain pills. But I mean, let's be honest, man. Booze and Coke, you can have as much as you want, provided you got the money to pay for it. Right. That's just the nature of the beast. It's fucked up, but true. So his criminal history, drug and alcohol addiction combined with the back injury, really, and the back injury that was preventing him from working, Sent him into a deep depression. Larry received a settlement from his work, and he went on a cross-country trip. Boy, did he. Oh, yes. On February 24th of 2000, so once again, back to the Y2K. We were talking about that earlier. You know, uh, everybody going, it's Y2K. Don't buy a car because it's just going <laughs> to die. And we're not going to have any power. We're all going to suffer. The whole world's going to end. And then people are going to come from the underground. And we're probably going to get eaten by fucking Chud. Chud. Yes. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. I just watched that a few months ago. <laughs> I own that movie. Have you seen the second one? I have not. Bud the Chud? Oh, my God. I swear to God. 
That's fantastic. I thought that was it's a Chud too. Is it Bud the Chud? Get the flying hell out! I gotta watch this. I shit. gotta see this. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Linda Fields was found dead. This was February twenty fourth of two thousand in Wisconsin under a tree by her home by a neighbor out walking their dog. Now, you ever notice? That's all the people that always find the fucking bodies is joggers and dog walkers. And dog walkers, yeah. Yeah. You know what I don't find in my, in my goddamn living room? Fucking dead bodies. Yes. And that's why whenever Don's like, we should go hiking. No. Fucking, I don't want to find dead bodies. We should not. Yeah. And it's not because I give a shit about dead bodies, by the way. I've seen plenty of dead bodies. I don't want to be stuck with the goddamn cops saying the same fucking story 30 times over. Over and over again. Because see, Dawn, as you all know, she's pretty peaceful. She's like, honey, it's okay. We'll just take care of this. It's all right. <laughs> then there's me. Are you fucking retarded? Is that Scott, don't call him retarded. Well, uh, maybe he doesn't know. May Officer, do you realize that you're that damn stupid? Like, for real? And then I get tased. Yes. And I get to go to jail. That's so what happens. make sure that you are recording, Dawn. <laughs> Should yeah. this ever happen? <laughs> Exactly. But call the attorneys because we're in some deep shit because of my fucking mouth. Yes. So she had been strangled and she was only wearing her nightgown, which we all determined is like probably like just flannelish. Not sexy. That's what I'm going to say to nightgown. Like, like me with not. My thong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my. Uh, oh, yeah. That's negligee. Yes. That's the lace is down there. Feeling pretty good now. I like it against my nipples. Her shoes were, were right next to her. It's unknown exactly how long she had been laying there. Police suspect that Larry lured her from her house, but they can't prove his involvement at all. They couldn't prove it, but she's going to come up later, I believe. So Larry moved to Peoria within a few within that month. Like, but by the time she was killed, he's already living there. If he was born in '96, he would have been four years old when he killed this woman. That's what I thought. That's off. That's off. Okay. <laughs> Look at some notes, like goddammit. We're going to have to... You know what? Good sense. eye, because I couldn't put that together in my head either. <laughs> it took me in, until the second time reading it to, to get that. Yeah. Well, third time's a charm. Just yeah. remember that. Yes. When we're all running around naked. <laughs> in Peoria, Bright lived in a semi-converted garage behind his mom's house. It consisted of a bedroom and a bathroom. Peoria is largely a blue-collar community. However, they do have an area referred to as the Low Banks, where sex workers can be found looking to score drugs to earn money to fuel their drug addiction, their, their drug habits. That's right. <laughs> hookers say this are people, time. too. Hookers are people, too. Quit killing the goddamn hookers. Yes. God damn it. It was likely about the time that was likely about the time that he started picking up on African American prostitutes for drugs and sex. Oh, oh that, that makes, makes more sense. sense. Yes. I just thought he was born in 1966. That so. makes more sense. I'm like he's picking he's picking up hookers at four. What's wrong with that? <laughs> You're there for a whole different reason at four years old. <laughs> That's right, man. Hey, you start him young, man. You pick him up at four or five All years right. old. Well, look, honey, I've got milk money, and uh, you've got the JJ. So. He's already got three addictions. He's had three back surgeries, and he's picking up hookers this at four. This is a rough life at four years old, man. Yeah. The kid's got a hard-knock life. 
Now I don't feel as old now that, that I know that he was born that in 66. That feels better, yes. feel a lot better about myself now. I feel like I don't need Viagra, so <laughs> that always helps. So in July of 2003, uh, Bright picked up 36-year-old Sabrina Payne on the outskirts of Peoria and offered her money for sex. But that kind of makes sense if you're a hooker, right? Clearly. You don't go in and say, I've got a bag of gummy bears. For a blowjob, it's money and sex. It's money. Or yeah. it's drugs and sex. Yes. You're not going in and saying, I've got the illusion that I've got some money if you've got a piece of ass. Or like, yeah. Give me the money, motherfucker. Give me the money first. Yeah. 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 I got to make sure you're paying. Man. Yeah. Pussy ain't free. And that's if you're married, too. <laughs> I will tell you that. Because if you're married, you pay double for pussy. You are marrying the wrong ones. asshole. But it's true. My ex-wives have cost me a fucking grip. Yes. Yes, they have. have. Like, my college education was hell of expensive because, well, I had had all scholarships, thank God. That's good. But, oh yeah, I didn't pay for shit. Nice. But my divorces cost ten times that, and I've learned way more. Yeah. I'm going through that right now, and I see exactly how much money it costs, and she's dragging it out Mm -hmm. and dragging it out and racking up the bill, and yeah. Premarital agreement. Yeah. Premarital contract. They're wonderful because you got to protect yourself, man. Always protect yourself. Yeah. Because love can get turned off that fucking quick. Right. You know? It always starts, this is the psychology part of it, it always starts with something small, because people oftentimes stuff shit down. So oh, yes. small, like, okay, she didn't wash the dishes, I guess I'll do it myself. And then it's something like, okay, well, garbage didn't get taken out, I'll stuff that down, I'll just do it myself. Yes. Oh, somebody needs a vacuum, I've been working all day, but I guess I'll vacuum. And, I'll be, and all of a sudden, it explodes, now it's a big thing, and slowly but surely, that resentment. Story of my life. Yeah. I am a stuffer. <laughs> not me. I yeah. was. I was, but now I believe it. Now just... I'm now I'm not. Yeah. But it's, if I got something yeah. that's bothering me, I come right out and I'm pretty blunt yeah. about that. You know, cuz relationship-wise, I've always traditionally sucked at relationships. I'm good yeah. at business. Yeah. Suck at relationships. But I've learned some new skills. Yes. Which is very very helpful. Yes. I've also learned that that doesn't belong in my butt. That's but that's <laughs> a totally different game. Um <laughs> that electric eel was shocked, but so was I. So anywho's in July of 2003, Bright picked up 36-year-old, like I said, Sabrina uh, Payne, on the outskirts of Peoria, offering her for money for sex. We discussed that, right? He drove her to his house. Um, he had no memory of killing her, as he was pretty wasted at the time. The autopsy indicated strangulation as a cause of death. Bright loaded Payne's body up into his SUV, and he dumped it in a cornfield outside of Tremont, where it was discovered on July of 20, uh, July 27th. Because it was so, nice and warm. Nice and warm, man. So she's been out there cooking a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Like a hooker barbecue. The, oh, you just wait, because we have a barber here. That's going to... That's the next that's gonna, one. Yep. Barbara Williams was also 36, and she was discovered near Edwards on January 5th of 2004 by a man driving his wife to work. Talk about cracking a cold one. <laughs> he saw a body laying in a snowy ditch with her feet on the road. Because, you know, sometimes you've got to prop your feet up. She was partially clothed. Larry had given her enough cocaine to cause an overdose and kill her. Though strangulation certainly 
didn't help. Well, no. Yeah, and he wasted a bunch of cocaine. You know you're going to kill her and you're going to waste that much coke? Yeah. No that settlement must have been pretty good. No shit. I say if you, if you have to kill her, kill her. That's fine. But well, don't waste fine, the drugs. It's not fine. But don't waste, <laughs> don't waste the, the drugs. Like, yeah. I'm going to kill her. How am I going to do it? I'm going to give her all of my coke, of which I need cocaine. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to her to kill. Stupid. Yeah, no. That right there. Larry, buddy, that's an amateur bitch move right yes. there. Don't be a basic bitch. You, if you listen to the show out there, you know that I give people the basic bitch award. This is a fuck up. Don't yes. be a basic bitch. Yes. You haven't earned that award yet. Don't be one. In September, Bright picked up 40-year-old Linda K. Neal in a park off of the, a, Peor- in a parking lot of a Peoria furniture store. So, you know, you need mattress, you need pussy, you need murder. Why not go to the furniture store? Yes. It's, let's just get all three, right? It's a sale. Yeah, exactly. Well, he offered her drugs for sex. Like I said, money or sex right. for drugs. Right, right. So, Took her back to his place, snorted some coke, yeah, probably off a of vagina, and then they had sex. Which makes sense, right? He offered sex for dope. Yes. He gave her drugs, did a little bit of coke, you fucked. We're good there, right? We're golden. That's where it should have ended. But no, not with Leisure Shoot Larry here from the land of the lounge lizards. After she was asleep, he strangled her and hauled her body to his truck by a leather boot lace tied around her neck. His mom was home at the time, so he took the body and dumped it uh, on the roadside in Tazewell County, leaving traces of the bootlace, of the sho- it says shoelace, but it's a bootlace, on her neck. Neil was discovered on September 25th of 2004. The coroner found semen in her vagina. Well, they had had sex, so Yeah. Assume, which is actually, if she's a, kind of a hooker type of a person, and you're, you didn't, you're raw dog. Yeah. That? That's another tip out there. Don't raw dog the hookers, guys. That's how you get. Don't be so shit. high that you forget that. Yeah. <laughs> That's her. Here's your PSA, boys and girls. Yes. It's okay to get hookers. Don't raw dog them. Yeah. Wrap, wrap your willy. That's that's what it comes down. Double to. Double bag that shit. You're right. You don't want to get some funky monkey all over your junkie. No. Wrap your willy. Wrap your willy. Yeah. So. The most important thing is that the evidence was actually preserved. They actually took the sample. They preserved it. We're good, right? That's going to play in a little bit later. 41-year-old Brenda Evans' body was found uh, in a ditch near Farmington. Bright had no memory of her name or how they had even met. He does recall taking her back to his house where they partook. In drugs for about an hour before they had sex. He's te- he has a lot of sex for someone who does so much coke. Because in my own, <laughs> I was say, I was my the same thing. yeah, my own uh, experience <laughs> with other people doing coke <laughs> is that that doesn't always work very well when you've done that much coke. I was thinking the same thing, man. Like drinking too much booze, you get whiskey dick. Yeah. And doing coke, you get the same thing. Yeah. I've heard of people injecting their dick with coke to kick to keep it hard. I wouldn't do that. No. Because that's what I was eventually I have a lot of respect for my penis. I've had it for forty eight years. He's one of my best friends. It's not something you want to lose. Yeah. I want to still be friends at the end of the day. Yeah. I want him to wake up and go, Morning Scott, need some coffee, I'm on my way. So, he attacked her after uh, he, he attacked her and found that she was actually quite strong. 
She fought back so hard that he almost lost consciousness. So I think she tried to choke the shit out of him, too. <laughs> I wonder if he had uh, some <laughs> strangulation marks on him. Maybe he looked up and said, do it some more. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so he ended up striking her several times in the back of the head. Still drunk off his ass, by the way. Bright meant to dispose of her body in a lake. But unfortunately, he's drunk. He got lost. He got lost. No Google. No. It was, he had to get the, the road atlas out. Exactly. He's like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> I take this line up to this one. Yeah. Then he got his ass lost. Yes. Instead, he dumped her on a dairy farm where she was, of course, unsurprisingly, found a short time later. I would hope so. She didn't blend in with the cows. Yeah. They're like, one of these things is different. Oh, wait a minute. That's not tag number 148. That's a dead dead bitch. I don't think we're going to get any milk out of this. So since his victim pool is African-American prostitutes, we actually have an African-American sounding name, which shocked me. Shakonda (laughs) Thomas. That is a black name. It is. You say the word Shakonda, you automatically Everyone knows. Yeah, you you don't even have to. What ethnicity is her? Is her? Man, I'm going black Ooh, too, man. Yeah. So anyway, me and my brother, we we sitting down, we drinking a 40 and shit. Why motherfucker come up and start giving me shit? I'm like, black Lives Matter, motherfucker, step off, cracker. Just fucking Christ, I need Jesus. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Anywho, Shikanda was 32 years old, and she was actually reported missing in August of 2004. And Shirley Ann Trapp, carpenter, in September of 2004. Bright had lured them both into uh, lured them both in with the promise of money for sex or drugs. <coughs> so you know it's a good lure. Yeah, selling your ass. You want uh, one yeah. of the two things. Yeah. He took them home, raped them, strangled them, and then this is where he steps it up, boys and girls. He burned their bodies. Finally, instead of being dumping them always in a ditch or on a or on a dairy, dairy farm. farm yeah you need a little bit of decomp that gets rid of some of the evidence not all yeah i mean and leaving of course semen inside of uh, a hooker's badge raw dogging her is bad enough but yeah leaving evidence behind like that dude yeah better fucking kill her for fuck's sakes all right so neighbors reported seeing a, these white-hot fires burning throughout the night as far back as 2000. But this is the first confirmed use of destroying evidence. Bright used a hammer to shatter their smoldering remains, scooped up their ashes into a large bucket, and scattered the ashes uh, throughout multiple locations within Peoria and Tazewell counties, including, get this, right, boys and girls? His grandmother's yard. <laughs> it's Grandma great, great fertilizer. Yeah, that's right. Brought you a present. Little fertilizer. <laughs> no, I'll spread it. It's, that can't be a tooth. That's just a rock. Yeah. All that calcium. It's really good for tomatoes, too. That's right. <laughs> your, your tomatoes look fantastic. What do you use? I don't know. He just brings me these ashes. Just comes in a bucket. It's a Home Depot bucket full of ash. I don't know. Sometimes a man just has to come in a bucket. I'm just <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm going to go to hell for this shit. Anyway, he, he was always in locations that were very familiar uh, for him, right? In the places that he felt the most comfortable in the moment. Bright told his mother 
he was burning plastic, which makes no fucking sense because the smell of a you burning would body smell. They're two very distinct. Yeah. Different smells. Right. That's why humans are called long pork. Yes. Because they smell like burning pork. Yes. And they're supposed to taste like pork. I have never eaten a human in that sense. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> but there's always a first time for You everything. never know. That's Pass right. the barbecue sauce. It's legal everywhere but Idaho, correct? Yes. Oh, in Idaho, cannibalism is illegal, but every other state, it's legal. Thank it doesn't God. say that it's not. I like to eat a lot. Oh, wrong kind. Never mind. <laughs> that's, to- that's totally legal. anyway she believed it as he was always burning leaves or brush and the neighbors didn't think anything of it because he was always burning leaves and brush and shit like yeah fuck it's normal thing just a burn pile just a burn pile smells a little different but all right yeah so bright's final bright's final confessed killings what the fuck okay Bright finally confessed to killing 30... Uh, oh, his final confession, I think, is what is meant to... Anyway, he confessed to killing 33-year-old Lori Lawler, who was reported missing October of 2004. Bright strangled her during intercourse. That means sex, folks, in case you don't know those three-syllable words. <laughs> well, we live in an age of stupidity. And this some people is go, true. That's a big word. I can't do that. I'm going to kiss my sister. I hear banjos. <laughs> Anyway, then he burned her body in the backyard. Bright hammered her remains, scooped them into a large bucket, and just scattered her ashes. He's been hammering a lot of people. He's hammering them. He's hammering away. Yeah. Man, I'm kind of proud of him. At least he's doing something, you know, that's that's relatively smart. He does not win my basic bitch award. I can tell you that because he's cremating them and scattering their ashes everywhere. (laughs) He finally got smart. Yeah, that's right. No yes. child left behind, but he did leave behind some children. Okay, so after Lawler's disappearance, police set up a task force. There were now six murders, four missing people that were all African-American women that had been missing in the area over the course of about a year. The task force consisted of 13 officers. A thousand tips were called in. Most of them were kind of just vague and useless. Like, you're looking for a guy with a white panel van. You know, the typical Chimo van like, <laughs> yeah. who abducted, abducted the kid. Yes. And at, out of a thousand uh, tips like that, 999 are going to be. It was a white panel van with out-of-state plates. Plates, yes. Every time. Yes. You're like, well, Which, that narrows it down. Thank like, you. That's great. And then when they catch him, it's something like, they have a fucking Volvo. It's not even a station wagon. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a panel van. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Have you ever owned one? No, never owned a panel van. Well, fuck. So, among the tips that he got, though, Bright himself actually suggested to the cops, look into Larry Bright. <laughs> so, I think this is probably during one of his very lucid moments. Yes. He's all, God, I'm kind of a piece of shit. I'm a horrible I, person. Yeah. I can't be kick- killing black hookers. Yeah. This isn't... I need Somebody needs to do something about this. Right. Instead of just r- coming out right and saying, I'm your dude. I, you know, I can... I did it. He just he kind of wants them to find him. I think that's, in retrospect, kind of maybe uh, self-punishing. Yeah. 
Yeah, kind of adult hunt and seek. Yes. Serial killers and burnt up bodies. Yes. Wonderful. December 2004, let's make sure I didn't skip anything. Vicki Bomer, a 35 year old sex worker, was arrested for theft. She struck a plea bargain with the cops. Bomer informed officers that in July, a client named Larry Bright took her to an outbuilding of his mother's house where he lived. Why is he always giving his real name also? That's what I'm wondering. I mean, Tom, my name is like Bill Sharp or something, anything but your real what name. What the fuck difference does it make what my name is? Well, exactly. I'm that you're a hooker and cards. like, yeah. This is Larry Bright, your future killer. We're not going to see each other again. What do you need to know my real name for? Yeah, and then yeah. he walked to his fucking house, which is, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Anyway, they used some drugs, drank some booze, before he attacked her. He beat and raped her at knife point. Bright held her hostage for two fucking weeks before he had her get dressed and took her into his vehicle. And you can't tell me his mother didn't know somebody was out in and the garage. That's what I was thinking. That, that's where it's kind of debatable if he, if she knew or didn't know. Was, yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things you kind of got to go. You're just going to look the other way. Yeah. I understand loving your kids. Don't right. Don't get me wrong. I love yes. my, my, my kids are great. You know, I bitch about Jake all the time. He, he's really a great kid. But if he's living out in my garage and I'm seeing that some nefarious shit's going on, I love him. Not going to allow it. No. I will call the cops. I'm going to open my garage. Uh-huh. Um, first thing I'm going to do is beat his fucking ass. Yes. And then the cops can pick him up, hogtied. Yes. And I'm going to say, see, there's blood. He's got a victim. I beat his ass. I'm sorry. He accidentally fell. He fell. And he's hogtied. Yes. Take him away. Yeah. And I won't think twice about that because I believe that everybody, including parents, should have a good moral compass no matter... How much you love your children. Yes. What is your child's freedom worth? How many lives? Right. One, two, 20, 50, 100. Yeah. There has to be a stopping point there. Right. That, yeah, not just for the, the victims, but for his own mental well-being. Yes. Because serial killers traditionally escalate. Yes. Yep. Over time. Yep. Starts off small and it becomes more and more, more and, and more, more and more yeah. because it feeds a specific addiction. Yes, and I have I, I I'm, I'm right there with you. I have a hard time believing that mommy didn't know what the fuck was, was going, going on. on. Especially when you go, oh, that's not plastic. That smells like pork yeah that's weird yeah but it must be normal for him no fuck that well he's my only child my son yeah no fuck that yeah no no mostly because i would like to think that somebody would do it for my fat ass yeah like if somebody said you know my kink is big fat bald motherfuckers who are tatted and pierced and somebody's keeping me alive and like raping me yeah, I would like to think that somebody would step in and go, look, that's a no-no. That's wrong. Yeah. He, his butthole's bleeding. He doesn't look very good. It doesn't look like he's having a good time. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's partying with you, dude. It's yeah. not 1999. <laughs> yeah. It's not Prince. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah that's, that's no bueno. I, that's what I would like to think. Yeah. <laughs> Munchroom stamped me on my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. that day. It was August of 1998. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. Anyway, um, he gets her dressed, takes her out to the car. Well, she saw the neighbor and she fucking bolted to the neighbor. Smart. Tells the neighbor exactly what's going on, right? Stop the neighbor. And the neighbor uh, said, hey, let's call the cops, man. But Bomer said, no, that's no, no. Because Bomer told the police this later on when she got arrested that she didn't say anything at the time because she had a warrant out for her arrest, which kind of makes sense. Makes sense. Yes. It, it makes perfect sense. Yes. So, investigation into her claim led to similar claims from women where Bright had exhibited aggressive behavior towards African-American prostitutes, including a statement by Teresa Teresita. I hope I got that right. Teresita. Is it Teresita? Yep. God damn. I made an appointment for eyeglasses. I'm just letting you know that. I need <laughs> bifocals, like, for real. Because I'm doing this shit with my phone now. Like, where is I look from? down the nose. I give the old person look. Like, what does that say? <laughs> Don't hold it too close to my face. I can't see it then either. I just try to adjust it. Hope to God I can fucking see it. Yeah. Without having to blow it way up. Like, <laughs> yeah. I spread it. Oh, there it is. One letter at a time. Yes. Get off my lawn. <laughs> anyway, including uh, uh, that statement from Teresa Treseda, uh, who Bright had brought down to his basement. In uh, a previous residence, and he had raped her before letting her go, which is that's a bad move. If you're gonna rape him, that's a witness, gotta kill him. That seems like it was maybe closer to the beginning, yeah. That's way the beginning, yeah. I think that might be before he was like murdering, yeah. Anyway, he uh, he told her he was a cop though, and not to bother going to the police because they wouldn't believe no one will believe you. And I bet you she didn't even say, let me see some ID, motherfucker. Yeah, let me, yeah. Yeah. How do I know you're a cop? You whip something out, that's your penis, that's not a badge. No. No. I don't want to have to pick that up out of, out of a lineup. <laughs> Hi, I'm Polly Penis, and I just love to have fun. <laughs> Teresa Hughes told officers that she was kidnapped and raped by Bright. Hughes was with Lyndon Neal when Bright drove by. <coughs> she told her friend not to go with him because he was crazy, which she was right. She was right. The next day, Neil's body was found. Yeah, that's brutal, man. Pays to listen to your friends. No shit. Like maybe, you know, listen to him. Your other right. friend who's also a prostitute. Yeah. Who already the, knows this. Yeah, the, the motherfucker crazy, man. Yeah. Stay away from that cracker. Yeah. And she should have gone, yes. Yeah, You're right. You're right. Yeah. Let's go get a 40 and smoke a blend. It's fucked up. Bright was interrogated in late December. He was told that he could be arrested on charges of illegal deprivation of liberty under aggravated circumstances. That's a lot of goddamn That is a mouthful. Yeah. God damn shit. That was so much of a mouthful, I felt like I should be pushing the back of my head. <laughs> Bright refused to cooperate. And he was released due to lack of evidence. They're like, okay, no, we can't prove it. We try to pressure you, but you help. You, you, you win. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. This time. <laughs> On January 20th of 2005, the district attorney was granted a search warrant to search his property, a.k.a. his mom's house. Yeah. Police saw multiple plots excavated of excavated land. His mother claimed that they had removed several raspberry bushes. So she knows. Oh, she has to she know. Does. At bare minimum, she knows about bushes. Yeah. <laughs> she knows about the bush. 
uh, examination of the plots unearthed ashes and small bone fragments. And Bright was detained. They're like, you're under arrest. Come on with us. Forensic analysis identified the fragments as human vertebrae. Bright was officially under arrest for murder. The prosecutor ordered that the property be excavated. Upon hearing this, good old Larry uh, changed his tune and struck a plea bargain where he immediately confessed to eight women's murders. He said that he had a dream where he had killed Linda Fields, but he, didn't, he did not confess it. He didn't confess. He said, I had a dream that I did it. Perhaps he was afraid of being extradited to Wisconsin because they would have sought the death penalty. Yeah, I would, I'd say that was a smart move. Yeah, they're like, hey, we're dairy farmers, motherfucker. We will kill you and feed you to cows. We don't care. Yeah. Big moo to you. <laughs> okay, I got a better one. I only have eyes for moo. <laughs> That's terrible, Scott. Your dad jokes are terrible. Jesus Christ. Bright was uh, adamant that the elaborate koi pond he had built for, uh, for his mom be preserved. Well, he was worried about the fish. That, that was his main thing. I'm, so, you know, at least he's got some kindness towards the fish. He's like, I'm worried about these fish, man. He spent a lot of money on those fish. Yeah, the motherfuckers are expensive. Yeah. And I can kind of see where that may have been his place during his lucid moments to go to kind of reflect. And right. That's probably where he, you know, thought, I got to call a cop. I should, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so the pond, unfortunately, it was demolished during the excavation. But the koi were transferred to a sanctuary. That's, a koi sanctuary? Got me, yeah. Yeah. Like just set of, set, see, was sitting around getting counseling and meditating. <laughs> and, mm, what the fish I am. Mm, what the fish I am. We've got some lovely vegan fish pellets for you here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on my couch and tell me your problems, Mr. Fishy Fishy. Yes. Criminy. <laughs> Anywho, so uh, while the investigators are, you know, searching everything and all that good stuff, investigators found, this is what bothers me, this was put in the, uh, several reports, that they found pornography depicting African-American women in his home. Dude, I have a problem with them attacking this much like I do when a serial killer is gay. If they're gay, that's at the forefront of what they present. They'll go, yes. he was a gay serial killer. Boys and girls, I've got a lot of gay friends, okay? And I will be very blunt about this. Because somebody sucks dick does not mean that they're going to be a fucking serial killer. Doesn't make you a serial killer. Or if a woman is a lickalotopus yeah. and likes to bait the JJ, she's not going to end up being a serial killer. That no. should have nothing to Someone's sexuality has very fucking little to do with if they're going to become a serial killer. Kill people killer. or not, yeah. Just like pornography, man. I watch a lot of porn. I'm not out there trying to kill midgets. Everybody does. That's yeah. the thing. You know, you or whatever. Say you don't, you're lying. I look for the really weird shit, though. I, <laughs> I got to admit, because like, porn doesn't really get me off so much as I just look for Are the stuff. Are you becoming desensitized? I am. <laughs> I look for the stuff that is like fucking weird as shit. You're rolling the dice with that, though. Like, what? What true. are you gonna get? We talked about the the yeah. I know. What yeah. You're about. The one that she's thinking of is a story that we've circulated uh, within our circle. So I find this uh, this porn is a teacher and two students, threesome porn. <laughs> Chicks are hot. I'm like, this is hot, hot, hot. Yeah. And it's in German, and I read the description. 
I thoroughly read it. It didn't say what was going to actually happen. It just said, hey, basically, this is a hot threesome. Cool. And it was. Until, Until. one girl puked on the dude, and the other girl took a big poop on his chest. That's my deal breaker. That is my deal breaker. It didn't say that. If it would have said that, you know what it would have said? I would have said, oh, not for me. It did say it because it said German. That's true. <laughs> Ever since I saw that, now I go, Germans should not be allowed to make porn. Like, for real. From German, from Germany or if it's from Prague. Yeah. The Russians, the Russians they kind of yeah, push the, like, then the Ukrainians. They push the envelope yeah. where it gets a little weird, a little uncomfortable. A little bit. Germany. Stop Straight making up porn. Fucked up. And we have a market in Germany. Knock it the fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> I think that I think that NATO and the United Nations should get involved and go. Nine, no porn, no more. No God more for you. Damn, fucking gross. It should. It should. I feel like I was violated because here I am, like for real. I'm like mid-stroke, right? Like our listeners need to know that. I'm having a good time. I'm like, this is fucking hot. This is awesome. What's she doing? She doesn't look for it. No. Oh, God. And then instantly, the other one did that. I'm like, great. Thank, thanks. I was and close. we're done. I was this close to finishing. Yeah. This close. And you ruined it. Thank you, Germany. Thank you. I appreciate that. Fucking asshole. You've ruined my night. They did. They did. Totally. 100%. Yeah. Because yeah. I even tried to watch some porns after that. You can't unsee that. You can't. It's kind of burned in your memory. Permanently yeah. etched into my fucking Yes. Mind. To where I'm sitting there going, I need to call a drug dealer. I need something strong. I need something to make this go away. I need, I need memory be gone stuff. Yes. That's the hell I need. <laughs> so, anywho, they're, they're, they're searching everything around. Of the area, they're excavating everything. They collected cigarette butts uh, for the for DNA analysis. DNA analysis. Bright's DNA matched, though, the semen found in who? Linda Neal, the one that they preserved. Yes, smart. So Bright led investigators to all of the locations that he had disposed of bodies at. The largest bone fragments were found in Williams. Uh, that the largest one that was found was Williams's jawbone, which they were able to identify through surgical records. It's a problem. Yeah. Gotta get rid of the jawbones, dude. Come on. No teeth. Be professional. Be professional. Yes. No teeth. It's a Gun good rule. It. It's a good rule all around. No teeth. <laughs> Mine come out. I'm just saying. You must be very popular. I am. I was popular in jail. <laughs> I had people wanting to smuggle me in cigarettes all the time. I don't know why. It was weird. <laughs> all of the other bones were uh, largely ash and couldn't be identified through DNA to who they belonged to. So let's talk about the trial or lack thereof. Due to the plea bargain and his full confession, Bright was spared the death penalty. He had no trial by jury, but appeared before a judge in a hearing. During the court proceedings, Bright confessed to additional murders in Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Washington State, where I live, and Arizona, and then retracted his statement. Convenient. Yeah. He's like, no, just kidding. Yeah. He claimed he, was, he, he had contemplated suicide on multiple occasions, but rejected it on religious 
grounds. And there's no evidence that he was very particularly religious. Like, he's not carrying around a Bible or anything like that. you, you got to draw the line somewhere. Exactly. Other These other things were not wrong, but suicide, now that's wrong. Exactly. I think his religion was black hookers. That's his religion. Yes. There's yep. nothing wrong with that. No. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You Everything just can't can, kill them at the end. You just can't sacrifice them, God damn it. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Shaniqua dies at the end. Kind of like you must have seen John dies at the end. Yeah. I love that movie. That is a fucking tight movie. <laughs> so Bright stated that he had intended, he had intended on attacking his arresting officers with a knife, but didn't because his mother was present, which is stupid. If that's the only fucking reason you're not attacking cops. With a- Boys and girls, let me, uh, y'all might not know this, but cops in America carry guns. Yeah. And there's an old saying here, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Gun yep. There's one of you with your fucking little pocket knife, and there's a couple of them that have nine millimeters. Right. Fairly sure, not positive, but fairly sure, you're not going to fare very well. No. Pretty sure of that. So he did, however, claim that racism wasn't a motivation, and I believe him, but that he had developed a misogynistic view on African-American women after having contracted HIV and AIDS from a former prostitute he was dating. However, he was tested and there was he didn't have HIV or AIDS. He should have been. Well, and if you thought... If you, I mean, I'm sure he he knew he didn't have that. But if you thought you had that, and then you went around fucking raw dogging it, yes, yeah, that's also a felony. Yes, yeah, that's it's it's totally a felony. Larry Dean Bright pled guilty to eight counts of murder on May 30th of 2006. He was sentenced to seven life sentences and 30 years for the murder by overdose of Williams, basically wasting his cocaine. Yeah. The, sentence are to, the sentences are to run uh, concurrently, and by conditions of his plea bargain, Bright waived any right to appeal. So he's never going to be able to appeal. He's always going to be in prison. But at least he's not dead. I'm sure that was his thinking. True, but, you know, it kind of makes me wonder. I hope he's a strong guy because he might be getting some butt love. I'm yeah. just saying. Well, because you had so much fun the first time you were there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, if, if he has that whole thing about, you know, the the black guys that were in there yeah. and stuff like that. Um, it was the first time he was in prison. Um, it might take one spit determination. To yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple other possible victims, but they aren't. We're going to get to that. On March 21st of 2001, Ken Givens heard dirt bikers yelling they had found a body in a nearby field. It was the body of Wanda Jackson. Bright is not suspected by authorities of her murder, but the family is left wondering, did he or didn't he do it? Hmm. We're going we're gonna to address that here in a moment. Then there's Frederica Brown. She was found strangled on February 21st of 2004 with toxic levels of cocaine in her system, which kind of matches up. Wasting your coke. It's wasting your coke, right? Peoria County Sheriff Mike. Yeah, no last name. It just says Mike. Hey, Sheriff Mike. Jesus Christ. It makes me sound like he should have like a Dudley Do-Right thing yes, going yes, on. Yes, yes, You know, we're right into action. <laughs> 
And he has a quote, actually. I find it hard to believe he wasn't involved in Brown's murder. I could be wrong. And I probably am wrong. It just fits. Wouldn't that make it... Wrong? Right? If it fits? If it fits, you if got the, the shoe proof. fits. <laughs> if the shoe fits, wear that motherfucker. Yes. So Bright says he didn't kill either of them. And honestly, why would he lie? He admitted to killing eight others. He's never getting out of prison. Why go, hey, yeah, I killed them, but not them. Yeah. That would be crazy. Yes. And I'm not crazy. <laughs> like the hooker said. Yeah. That's right, brother. You're not crazy. You misunderstood. <laughs> Bright would later say that he was 19 in prison when he was sexually abused by African-American men. And he developed an urge to punish him. But since he wasn't attracted to men... It shifted to women. Of course, all the hypothesis, uh, of, all the hy- uh, of all this hypothesis, this is the most logical and potentially accurate, given the statements provided by his family describing his behavior after being released the first time from prison when he was like 19 going on 20. total sense. Uh, maybe he got out at 21. So he was, got arrested at 19. 20, 20, so 21. Yeah. 21 years old. Right? <clears throat> Bright later said that he was high on cocaine. I just keep on thinking of that fucking song by Buck Cherry. I love the cocaine. Yes. <laughs> Keeps running through my head. He heard voices that told him to kill. Initially, he, was, he never went looking for a victim. It was after he had somebody that the voices would start talking. But later, he knew what was going to happen. So the voice, he, what, he was going out looking. I want some drugs. I want some pussy. He gets the checks going, this is going to be a good time. We're going to get high. I'm going to get laid. It's going to be good. And the voices go, kill that bitch. And he's like, oh, no, I kind of knew that was going to happen. You're speaking up again. It kind of happens a lot. It happens every time. I have to say it never happened to me. (laughs) No. (laughs) Voices never told me to kill anyone when I was high. we talked about that. We get really paranoid. But, you know, and the euphoric feeling, of course, the paranoia comes after you're coming down. Yes. But... Never once have I had the voices in my head go, kill that motherfucker right No. Nope. Not like that. No. Because you need more cocaine. That's what you need. That's what you need. No, they might kill you, but you still need more you cocaine, st- buddy. Get it first. Yeah, get the cocaine first. Don't, <laughs> don't make anybody OD on your cocaine. Yes. If they have cocaine, kill them, and then you can have their cocaine. And then you too. can have it, yes. It's cocaineonomics. That's what that is. <laughs> cocaineonomics. So anywho, when he was sober, he was fine. That doesn't explain the alteration. Uh, I'm sorry. That does explain the alteration in his, in his disposal methods. The first four confirmed kills he dumped, and the last four he burned and scattered. Yeah, he got a little smarter. Right, got a little smarter, got a little wiser. Was a good escalation there. Kind of figured out his his. What I've noticed with serial killers is they got to kind of find their groove. Yeah, it's kind of like um, and I refer everything to music theory and playing music because that's what I do. <clears throat> It takes a while to find your groove. You can learn all the music theory in the world. You can know how to play right. your instrument very, very well and sight, read, and write. Yeah. But it takes a while to find your groove, like where you really slide and where you fit in. And he found his groove. And he said, this is what I got to do. This is what I do. Yeah. In the comments section of an interview with Linda Rosencrantz, right that you time, got it. author of The Bone Crusher, Jeremy Flower... I remember that one too. <laughs> Said that he was in uh, he was in an adjoining cell at the county jail with with Bright during his trial, and they quote 
talked a lot and played chess with pieces made out of toilet paper. He did horrendous things. He was hooked on drugs. Larry was sober when he was in jail. When he, he right, we had to put that in parentheses because he just says when he was jail. When he was jail. Yeah, man, because he became a jail on his own. <laughs> uh, and to be honest, I thought he was an all right guy. He talked me through some hard times while I was locked up. His statement in no way is meant to justify what Bright had done. But it gives additional insight into his character. Me and Mrs. Mrs. Jones. Yes. I had to use that one because I see Mrs. Jones on <laughs> Ms. Jones also commented her mother was a nurse at the prison where Bright was uh, serving his sentences. She has encountered him on a few occasions and said he wasn't a bad guy and pretty intelligent. It's Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, oh, totally. Between the drugs. Like some people get drunk and they, they're mean drunks. Yeah. And then other people, like you, know, like you and I, yeah. we get drunk and we're just fun drunks. Yeah. <clears throat> Linda Rosencrantz watched all of the videos Bright made during his confession, including the one uh, uh, for his mother where he apologized to his mother for having a son like him and believes he is truly remorseful. That deep down, he was really a nice guy who didn't want to commit the crimes that he did. But it was the influence of heavy drugs. And I kind of concur with that. I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, she, felt that, uh, she felt it wasn't uh, contrived, but genuine real remorse as it was conveyed in his early confessions and to his mom as well. He probably was yeah. genuinely remorseful. You get clean and, you know, yeah. you, you know, as being former addicts, you look back at some of the shit that you did yeah. when you were high and, you know, we legit feel... High Scott is way different than sober Scott. Oh, yeah. Like night and fucking day. Yep. You know, just like any addict. Yes. You know, when we're, when we're high... It's different than when we're not. Yes. Very. <laughs> so some final thoughts, and then we'll either talk about this or wrap it up. Under the assumption the sexual abuse Bright experienced in prison was accurate based on his family's insight on his behavioral and uh, addiction to cocaine, alcohol, and painkillers likely led to his actions. After three back surgeries, Bright, Bright was likely... Bright... Bright likely did suffer some real pain while not high. And I agree with that. He probably had pain when he was high, even. Oh, yeah. So that's going to... And he's self-medicating. Yeah. We both know doctors will only give you so many pain pills. Right. You know, and uh, if you use those up, and sometimes the pain pills they give you <coughs> aren't enough. Right. Like, when I fucked up my hip, um, I was down for a couple of weeks... And they would only give me Vicodin. And the only thing that got me through, sorry, was that um, my former business partner, her mom, had given me her painkillers. Yeah. That, that she just didn't use. And right. There was something heavy due. They were like, I want to say Darvacet, but that was, that's not it. It was uh, Percocet. Percocet. Yeah. So it's a step up from. Yeah. So the only way that I could be out of pain and even use the bathroom. Yeah. Was I would have to take. My two Vicodin that I could take, yep, plus one Percocet, that gave me exactly 30 to 45 minutes to get up, 
get anything I wanted to eat, yep. what I wanted to drink, use the bathroom, and hope to God I can poop. Yeah. Get everything done and get back to the couch because when it's gone, I can't take another one for four hours. Yeah. I'm there. I, I'm not going anywhere. Yep. Because it was excruciating pain. And you're likely, because you're so tired from being in pain, because I've had this before with, I'm a kidney stone factory, so I would take Percocet and Flexerol. Oh, yeah. And then anti-nausea medication on top of it. But, and then I would feel like, oh, so much relief finally. And then I would sleep because finally I'm out of pain. Yep. But then I would wake up again when all that wears off and horrible pain again. And start. it's just a cycle that just goes on and on. Oh, yeah. I, I had borrowed my former business partner's dad's uh, walker that he wasn't using. Yeah. And that walker was my best friend. Yeah. That was the only way that I can make it the few feet to my bathroom or yeah. to my bedroom or, or anything. Yeah. I think it was freaking wonderful. So, the other note on after pain pills high, uh, at least initially, the depression from being unable to work, failed relationships, parental false alarms, loss of a child that he viewed as one uh, of his own, were all triggers of which, without counseling, led him to commit horrendous acts he might not have committed otherwise. There's a lot of contributing factors. Yeah. And once again, I'm not condoning what he did. No. But we need to understand why this shit happened. Yes. Um, this, in no way, like I said, excuses his behaviors, but helps us explain the potential at why, or the motives, investigators have struggled to answer. And it's really easy uh, why investigators can't answer those questions. I have found, after doing this show for almost 200 episodes, that investigators look through a microscope as far as their view. They're seeing something very, very limited. Right. I don't think that at its core, Larry Dean Bright was a bad person. Right. There's a lot of shit going on here that I I believe that even the most strongest person, like I'm a very strong person. I kind of got my shit together by and large. Yeah. But if I had all that shit going on, too, I might act out in... If, I'm not saying I would kill somebody. Right. But I would definitely act It's going to come out in some way or right. another. You need a way to decompress yourself. Yes. Taking the counseling aspect out of it. So let's say yes. my, my shrink isn't there. Yes. Um, and just dealing with that on my own. And I know that because of how my life is. Prior to me getting into anger management... I was not a nice person. Don and I have talked about that. Yeah. I was, I was a person that you guys would not have liked. Yeah. I was seriously a piece of shit. Um, I got forced to go through um, counseling, mm-hmm. uh, and it honestly changed my fucking life. Yeah. I found a program that worked for me. Yeah. It gave me a new skill set. I got into psychology in college, not because I wanted to be a shrink. I wanted to fix me. Yeah. That was my whole thing. I wanted to fix me. Yes. But I still didn't have that skill set. And so I met a wonderful guy. I've mentioned his name before. His name is Carl Landerholm. He's retired now. And he had a wonderful program. Saved my life. I am fucking convinced of that. That man saved my life. Yeah. And I'm a better person now. Yes. I'm a way better person. I've got my shit together. I'm not a total fucking piece of shit. You know? And I think that if Larry would have had those same um, resources. Yes. I think his story would have been way different. I agree. Way different, you know? Starting with just even the assaulting his girlfriends. Give him the skill sets to be able to deal with that. 
I think even going as far back as not having his father in his life, and then all of a sudden his dad's back, and then he dies of cancer. Yeah, that's I mean, even a big that is going to c- cause something. You right, know, everybody wants to at some level bond with their parents. Yes, you know, especially when you're in your teenage years. Now, my parents weren't exactly the nicest. I'm not bonded with them at all, but I really want to be accepted mm-hmm. by my parents. Mm-hmm. And now, later on in life, honestly, I don't give two shits. Yeah. But throughout my, my teens and my 20s, that was a big goal for me. Accept me for who I am. Acknowledge my accomplishments. Right. And the only thing that I ever got was, I remember making the honor roll for the first time. And my mom actually going, you're lying to me. You're too stupid to make honor roll. Wow. Yeah. That was, that was actually her fucking words. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, I was like, thanks. I appreciate that one. That's, that's fucking great. That's she, some projection. Oh, totally. She didn't believe me until I brought the poster home from school. That showed my name on the honor roll. Yeah. As an honor roll student. Um, so that it's that lack of being accepted. That's, it, it's fucked up. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what this boy needed. Yeah. But his dad fucking checks out, checks in, checks back out, at no fault of his own. Right. Cancer's cancer. Um, mom is enabling him. Big pro- time. Probably through acts of guilt. The, like yes. she's feeling guilty and yes. shit. And uh, but that's what's in her wheelhouse. Yeah, she didn't have the skills either. So I think counseling would have definitely helped. I agree. Having the back injuries, having monitor, good pain management, and resources um, to keep your pain management, your pain under at least within check. Yes, because like when my hip was fucked up. I didn't even care about killing the pain. It, well, I, when I had my back injury, because my back straddled a concrete barrier towards the nerves away from my spine. Oh. Yeah, that was hauling milk tankers. Oh. That was on Christmas Day. Damn. Yeah, that was my Christmas gift. I didn't care about killing the pain. I just cared about making it tolerable. Yes. I wanted to be able to go to the bathroom and wipe my ass. So it's not blinding pain. Yeah. Yeah. Without it being a circus act, because it literally was, because for me to even like finish up and wipe or anything what i'd have to do is i have to get the toilet paper into my left hand yeah and then i have to rock back and forth oh so i got enough momentum to get up and fall against the wall yeah and then my left leg had to go on top of the tub and i'm right-handed yeah and the wipey wipey had to happen with my left hand yeah my non my not dominant hand yes and if i forgot the toilet paper on the counter there's no turning around you're done. That out. <laughs> now you got to start all over again. Yeah. You have to get your butt back on the on toilet. On the toilet, yeah. And start all over again. Oh. That's all I wanted. I just, I just wanted Just to be it, able to live a yeah, little bit. Just bearable enough for me to be able to do basic things. Go to the bathroom. Walk to the kitchen to get a glass of water. Yeah. At one point, because we were living with my stepmom at the time. Jake and I were. Yeah. Um, and my dad had already died. And... Uh, my stepmom, Karen, went to uh, her family's house for the holidays, for Christmas and stuff. Jake actually brought me water and cereal. And he was like five years old. Yeah. Because I, Grandma Karen said that you need to drink water and make sure that you eat. Yeah. Well, that's fucking awesome, kid. Yeah. Yeah. He was fucking tremendous. Yeah. All right. Any questions, thoughts, comments? No. Cool. Let's wrap this one here up. All right. Remember, you can send us an uh, email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Hey, man, help us out. Check out the Patreon page and maybe drop us a little tip. Every little bit helps. 
Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs, just type in at Brutal Nation. We should pop right up. You get all the story without half of my bullshit. Although, like I said before, I kind of like my bullshit. Makes me happy. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Thank you. It makes me feel pretty. This show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.